This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. believe this morning there's some of us here and deep inside our hearts we may outwardly smile and do the right things but deep inside we feel almost like a deadness inside us we just kind of feel dead on the inside find it hard to respond as we want as we know we want to respond can't seem to lift ourselves above what's going on around us and God, this morning, I just believe some of us are going to get a mighty breakthrough today. God's going to break through, not necessarily on the outside, but He's going to break through on the inside. There's going to be a new regirding yes. of the inner man, a new restrengthening, a new empowering on the inside. He's yes. going to do something on the inside so you again can just release what's within. You can respond the way that you want to respond. You can love the way that you want to love. You can have the joy that you know deep down that's there. The things that block the things, the things that hinder those things, God wants to break down this morning those blockages, those walls. God's about to demolish walls right now. Demolish the walls that block. Demolish the wars through various things that have come in, have caused a, a feeling of deadness on the inside. God wants to break through this morning. He wants the walls to come down. So all that is put in you can just come out. Hallelujah. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. We just pray for the person next to you. Say, Lord, release those rivers in them today, right now. Release those rivers in them right now, Lord. Let those rivers flow. Hallelujah. Say, Lord, let the rivers flow in their hearts right now. Let the rivers flow right now, Lord. Let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. Rivers. Let the rivers flow, God. Let the rivers flow. Let all the wars come down. Pull the wars down, Lord. Pull the wars down. Pull the wars down. The rivers come out. The rivers flow out, God. Cause us to feel the stirrings again. Feel love again. Feel compassion again. Feel joy again. Feel deep love in our hearts again. To feel all the affections of the living God burning in us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pull those walls down, I pray, Father. Pull those walls down. Father, let every wall come down in Jesus' name. Pull every wall down. Pull every wall down, we pray. You are listening to a free download from Delancey Elam Church. Get your Bibles with you. I want to turn again to Romans 12, uh, verse 2. We looked at it last week, and I want to keep on thinking on this. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
just thinking on this word transformed, what that really means. And we looked at last week, the word transformed is, is the Greek word metam- metamorphosis. It means to change from one form to another form. As I said last week, a caterpillar doesn't just kind of put a few wings on. It becomes a whole new form. It changes its form from a caterpillar to this incredible butterfly. And the word that's used for it is a metamorphosis, a change of form. And what God wants for all of us is to come to, a, to levels of transformation. And the goal is to be more like Jesus. That's the goal. Amen. That's the goal. That's what true transformation is. It's to be like Jesus. To love like Jesus. To have the same attitude of Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Have the attitudes and the mind of Christ. To, to have the same responses. The same work. Jesus says, greater works than these you shall do. To do the works of Jesus. It's all about becoming more and more like Jesus. Can you say amen? That's what it means. Transformation. Metamorphosis. And we looked at last week, the way we begin this metamorphosis and this change, as it says in Romans 2, is through the renewing of what your mind. The way you think will affect the way you behave. As a man thinketh, so he is. The only way we're ever going to change is change the way we think. If we don't change the way we think, we'll never really be transformed and changed. As I said last week, the way we're transformed is by meditating on the word amen thinking giving your attention to the word of god and secondly by obeying the word we act on what we've meditated and thought on we act upon it we act as if that is true and as we begin to do that progressively on a, it's not just a one-off thing we do it's something we do progressively daily as a lifestyle and you'll be amazed at the transformation that's going to happen in your life amen by changing the way that you think. I think that's one of the great problems today. Often we think wrongly. We have, a wrong, we have a wrong mindset about our lives, about how situations are. And we, and we because of these mindsets, because of these wrong, this wrong way of thinking, then we never really change and transform because we don't really change the way we think. So that was last week. Now I want to talk this week about another way I think that we can be transformed. That is by learning to know who we are, by your identity. It's how you see yourself ultimately who will affect the way you are, as where you live, the way you see yourself, your identity. I may have shared this story before, but never mind, I'll repeat it again, because it was one of those times in your life where every time you think about it, you kind of shudder. I read something, when you think about it, I shudder about that moment of what happened there. Happened quite a few years ago. We went to see Amy in Australia, and on our return going back, we thought we'd get to the airport nice and early, because if we got there early, then we get a good place in the queue, and hopefully we get a better seat. So we literally were the first there, right at that queue, just queuing there. And you know, you're waiting the queues for the, you're waiting there to check in, and you're there a long time. So we were standing there. After about an hour or so, the, the queue they started to open all the desks and things, and we had to go through. And I just said. Could you give me your, can you give me your passport? So I go like this. Passport. Where's my passport? The last time I remembered seeing it was when we were with Amy and we were in the bank and I was cashing some banker's checks. And I remember giving her the money. And did I put my passport in with the money that I gave to her? So, so here we are, we waited an hour, beginning the queue. 
I got no passport. And you know all the horror stories about not having a passport. You can't get out of the country. And you can see all the, all the scenarios are going through my mind now. No passport. I can't leave Australia. I'm stuck in all this sort of stuff. And so I kind of, we have to come out of the queue, which didn't please Angie too much, because we, we, we're out of the queue now. I'm saying, and Amy's there saying, look, Amy, do you remember, I don't, I don't remember giving me my passport. So I'm searching everywhere, looking in the suitcase. We look absolutely everywhere, no passport. And this went on for about 30, 40 minutes. She's phoning up, trying to sort things out where it could be. After about 40 minutes, I do the most obvious thing. I go like this. And suddenly I realize right in my back pocket is there, is, is my passport. Passport. Angie doesn't quite get the same sort of feeling of relief I did. Because now we get to the queue, it's miles long and we're right at the end of it. But I, I, actually, the ad, ad, to add to that story, the, the grace of God, is when we got to the check-in, as it so happens, there's a girl checking us in. She was from Jersey. Sorry about that. But she, and she said, oh, you're from Guernsey. And she was very kind and very nice to us. And gave great seats, got all the suitcases sorted. So, wasn't that great? But it kind of strikes today that I think one of the worst things is to lose sense of who you really are. I think we've got an enemy who wants to rob people of what God has really accomplished. He tries to rob people of their true identity as God intends it. Because you think about it, your identity is where you get your security from. If you've got a wrong identity, then you're going to have false security. Or another term would be, you're going to be insecure. And the reason why people are insecure is because they've got a wrong identity. Let me just read. Ephesians 1 verse 10. This is what the message says. I love what the message says. It says, in Christ, we find out who we are and who we are living for. I love that. In Christ, we find out who we are and who we are living for. And I think it's amazing where people look for security. Sometimes we can get security from what we do. That's where a lot of people try to get their security from, by what they do. For others, it's what they achieve. They find themselves being secure in what they're doing or what they are achieving. For others, they find their security by how others respond to them, what others think about them. Other people's attitudes, that's where they find their security. Others can be... It's what people say about them. If people say good things about them, they feel great. But when people don't particularly say good things about them, they feel very insecure. So here's the point. Your identity, your security, is where you get your identity from. If we get our identity through what we do, what we accomplish, what, people, what things people say about us, If our security is based on that, then we are going to be insecure because it's a false identity. That's not really who you are. But if your security is from what God has accomplished for you, if your security is in Christ, then you're going to be secure and strong. Someone said this, insecurity is defined as being secure in the wrong things. In other words, if we're secure in the wrong things, it makes us insecure. 
If I'm secure in the right things, it makes me secure. Is it? What this morning is, where do you get your identity from? What is your identity flowing from? There's a man once had a tattoo on his head. And on this tattoo, he said this. He said this. I am Charles Blake, the known thief. That man was arrested, but he was adamant he was not Charles Blake. And often our life portrays what's written over us. We can have rejection written over us. We can have shame written over us. We can have victim rate written over us. It defines who you are and it defines how you see yourself. And you live your life out of your identity. And that identity defines your relationships. It defines who you are and what you do. But if your life is built the way God sees you, the way God describes you, then you're going to live a transformed life. And the reason why many don't live transformed lives is because they see themselves in the wrong way. They see themselves through those wrong securities rather than seeing themselves as God has seen you. Oh, this morning, if we could get a revelation of who we are in Christ, I think it would radically change the way we approach life. If I could really see myself, not through my experiences, not through my feelings, not through my circumstances, but really see myself through Christ, I think it would radically transform our lives. Can you say amen? Another story I kind of wrote about. A man, told, a man called Peel told this story. He's a, an amazing, he's one of these real motivational speakers. And he tells a story about going past a tattoo shop. I don't know why I got tattoos today. I don't know what it was about. But he walked past, past a, two, a tattoo shop and he saw a man having a tattoo. This, was the tattoo. this is what the tattoo said. Born to lose. That's what he had tattooed on his hand. Born to lose. And so this guy, Peel, went to the tattoos afterwards. He says, why would somebody have tattooed on their hand, born to lose? And this man said to him in broken English, tattoo on, tattoo on mind before tattoo on body. He said, tattoo on mind before tattoo on body. I wonder this morning, what is tattooed on our hearts? Because... What's really tattooed in our thinking, what's really tattooed on our negative thinking about ourselves will always prevent us from being transformed. Paul says, don't be conformed to the way the world sees itself. You know the most, you know where some of the highest forms of money spent, it's spent on advertisements, is that right? Why? Because they're trying to conform the way you think. They're trying to make you think that unless you get that product, you're missing something in life. You've got your hair that way. Oh, that's not the way it is now. This is the new way. You're missing out on life. What has been wrong with you all your life? That you've not had your hair in that certain way. Or you haven't got the right shoes. Or you haven't got this and got that. And that's the power of media. It's all about making you think that without this, your life will never be totally fulfilled. And God says... Begin to see yourself the way God sees you. Be transformed by the way you see yourself. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says you are a new creation. 
Think about the power of that. The Living Bible says you are a new species of being. Nobody's ever existed like you before. Amen? You're a new species of being. The old is gone. The new has begun. You're a new creation. The Bible says you're forgiven. The Bible says you're a son of God. The Bible says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead, the Bible says is now at work in you. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says that we've been blessed in the heavenly places with all spiritual blessings. The Bible says we've been chosen. The Bible says we've been accepted in the beloved. We've not been rejected. We've been accepted in the beloved. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. The actual translation of that is that you are God's masterpiece. Aren't you glad? God's working on you, and he's producing a masterpiece. Because we are God's workmanship. In fact, the word in Christ is mentioned to over 200 times in the New Testament. And it'd be worth your while, every time you see the word in Christ, begin to recognize that's who you are. That's your identity. In Christ Jesus. Through the name of Jesus, we've been given access into the Father's presence. I just love to say, I just would love for us to develop a consciousness of the fact, lo, I'm with you always. It becomes so real to us, we're so conscious of it, that no matter what we're facing in life, we know he's with us. Because that's our identity. Christ in us, God with us. Can you say amen? Here's the problem. We look at life, I think, through distorted mirrors. Ever gone to like a fair or something and you see... I like the mirror that makes you feel thin. How many love those mirrors? <laughs> or there's another mirror that kind of enlarges you. Another one that makes you five feet taller. I kind of like that one as well. But there's these distorted mirrors that actually are a distorted reflection of who you are. And that's what happens. If we look at the wrong mirror, you get a distortion of who you really are. Isn't it amazing? Those, often people have eating disorders... They could be so thin, but they see themselves as still fat. Why? There's a distortion in their head. They've got a distorted view of themselves. And no matter what anybody says to them, no matter what they see, the way they see themselves, they just can't get it. There's a distorted view of who they are. And I think so many times we have a distorted view of who we are. We see ourselves through our rejection. We see ourselves through, through all kinds of things in life rather than seeing ourselves through the true mirror. You know what the true mirror is? The Bible says looking at the mirror, the word of God. That's a mirror. That gives you a true reflection of who you really are. In Christ, I'm accepted. In Christ, I'm chosen. In Christ, I'm a new creation. And I begin to see myself through a true mirror. And the more I see myself that way, then the more the more true view I, get, I will get of myself. It won't be distorted or crooked anymore. It will be a true view as the way God sees me. And out of that, I gain my true identity. And out of my true identity, I find my true security. Amen. True security in life. Turn with me to Proverbs 30. It's one that, maybe a verse that you're probably you're not too familiar with. 
but powerful truth nevertheless. Proverbs 30 and verse 21. Proverbs 30, verse 21. For three things in the earth is perturbed. In other words, certain things perturb or disturb people when they see it. Yet four it cannot bear. And there's the one thing that people can't bear. For a servant when he reigns. That's the thing. Here is Moses. He said two things, really. Who am I and who are you? And God wants you to know, number one, who you are, and number two, who he is. You'll, re- you'll really never know who you are till you really know who he is. And you'll never really know who he is till you really know who you are. They are so intimately linked. Who are you? And God says to him, I am that I am. And there's one to see. God never does anything apart from who he is. He doesn't, he doesn't just deliver, he is the deliverer. He doesn't just heal, he is the what? Healer. Everything that God does is who he is. It's a manifestation of who he is. God manifests himself, he reveals himself by what he does. And every time you get a miracle, every time you see God do something in your life, that's what you want to do, kind of follow that rope, And say, God, through that work in my life, what are you revealing to me about you? When you touch my life in that way, what did that reveal about who you are? It's not just a miracle or a work of God for the sake of it, but what does that reveal about God? If God meets a need, you follow all that way through and say, God, thank you, that reveals to me that you're a provider. Is that right? If God works in a loving way in your life, you follow that through and say, God, thank you, it's revealed to me your love. That act of mercy reveals to me that you're a God of mercy. See what it says about Moses. Moses knew the ways of God, but the children of Israel knew the acts of God. In other words, Moses used all the miracles, all the things that God was doing in his life to lead him back to who God was. And the more he began to realize who God was, he began to find who he was. Have you ever seen The Lion King? I love that. That's such a cool film. Can't even think of the name. Is it Zimba? Zamba? I don't know his name is. Is it Zamba? Zimba? Zimba? <laughs> there's a picture, there's a story there where it kind of is there and he's there by the pool or something. And in the clouds, he sees his father. And his father says these words to him Zimba, you've forgotten who you are. And he says, How have I forgotten who I am? He says, you've forgotten who who you are because you've forgotten who I am. When we really don't see who God is, we'll never really see who we are. And when we lose sight of who we are, in fact, we're losing sight of who God God is. You see that? Okay. There's the next thing. Your authority is based on your identity. I think one of the big things today is I think a lot of Christians lack authority. Revelation 1, 6, I need to turn to, but it says that we've been made kings in Christ Jesus. Kings. Kings are made to rule. But a pauper, if you like, a, a pauper mentality will prevent us from rising up in authority. In other words, we are constantly con- controlled by the circumstances of life. We're, we're controlled by what's happening, by circumstances, by feelings. All these things seem to rule over us. 
And we don't seem to rise up to have the authority to rule over those things. Because we don't feel we've got it on the inside of us. We haven't got inner authority rising up. Why? Because we don't know who we are in Christ. The more I know who I am in Christ, the more authority will rise up in me. We'll no longer be doormats to circumstances and feelings and the worst of darkness and, and the things that life throws at us. Something in us rises up. I think there's some things that we put up with. And we think God is going to do it for us. But God wants us to use our authority and say, devil, no more. I'm taking authority over that situation. Jesus says you speak to the mountains. Those things are obstacles between you and the will of God. Instead of allowing that to continue, it's time to rise up and speak to that mountain and say, mountain, in the name of Jesus, go. I'm taking my authority over that which is hindering and is a mountain between your will and your purpose. Amen. Here's the next thing. Identity comes when we recognize the old is dead. Recognize the old is dead. That old pauper attitude that old person, that person that you once were, is dead. That's a revelation needs to get into our hearts. It's dead. It's finished with. It's over. The Bible says your old nature died with Christ. That's what baptism's all about. Is that right? At baptism, you're saying the old John Radisall, the old person you were, no longer lives. It's dead. Finished with. Out of the way. Gone. Finished. All forever. And I think baptism is meant to be an amazing revelation. I've died. I no longer live. Paul says this, reckon yourself dead to sin. And that word reckon is a Greek mathematical term. It's almost saying, reckon yourselves dead to, dead to sin as much as one on one is two. Reckon yourself. It's a fact. It's something that's happened, like it or not. It's actually happened. Whether you feel like it, or not, it has taken place. And it only really works when you believe it. It only really works when you've got faith that recognizes I've died. That old nature, that old person has died. I no longer have to feel insecure anymore. That old person, those habits, those attitudes, those feelings of rejection, that, that worry, all those attitudes, actually in reality... I've died to it. It's finished. It's over. I've died. It's died. It's over. How many, every time you wake up, don't always feel a new creation? No, we don't. I'm not talking about, but it doesn't necessarily change the fact that you are a new creation. So this piece of wood, obvious. You know, the crazy thing was, if I was to take that same piece of wood and put it in a fish tank, what would happen to it? It floats. Same piece of wood. What's happened? It's under a new law. The law of flotation. The Bible says there are two laws in our world. There's the law of sin and death or the law of life in Christ Jesus. Those two laws exist. The real issue is, is what law I'm living under. I can either choose to live under the old law of sin and death or I can choose to believe actually I'm living under a new law. I've got a new nature. I'm a new person. 
That old nature, that old person, no longer has control and rule over me. I have died to it. You know what faith is? Faith is believing what God says and then acting upon it. God says, forgive. So humanly, I don't want to forgive. My feelings say not to forgive. But I'm going to act on it. When I act on it, a new law called grace kind of flows in. And grace begins to empower me to do what I could not normally do. It gives me the ability that I have not normally got the ability to do. But in order for that ability to work, firstly, I've got to act upon it. I've got to do it. And the more I begin to act upon it, the more I begin to believe it, it begins to transform and change my life. I'm no longer a failure. So I'm, not gonna, I'm no longer going to act like a failure. I'm no longer going to believe I'm a failure. And the more I choose not to believe that, the more successful in life I'll be. I'm no longer a reject. I'm no longer unworthy. I'm no longer a worthless person. I'm a person with value and purpose. And the more I begin to see myself in that way and begin to act as if it's true, then my whole life begins to be transformed. Here's what begins to happen. Because here's the great news. It's not just that I've died. But the Bible says, if I've died with him, then I will be what? Raised to new life in Christ. Brand new life. I'm raised to life in Christ. That's the life that we are living. Whatever happened to Jesus happened to us. Whatever is true of Jesus becomes true of us. It's really down to this, ultimately. It's whether I really believe it or not. That's what it's down to. Do I really believe that that thing no longer has to rule over my life because I've died to it? I'd have to give way to those habits. I'd have to give way to all those things in my life because I really believe I've died to it. It no longer really has power over me. Now, the devil may may make you think you have, but in reality, the truth according to what God has said is we have died. Paul puts it this way. There is no more, there is therefore no more condemnation. I think condemnation connects you to your old nature. It says things like you're a loser. It says things, that's why you do what you do. It says things like you're worthless. And because you're worthless, that's why you behave like you do. But conviction connects you to your new nature. Conviction says... Stop doing that because that's not who you are. You're a king, so live like a king. Don't say those things. Kings wouldn't say that. The righteous people in Christ wouldn't do those things. You're righteous. You're a king, so why not act like it? That's what conviction really does. And if you are struggling, can I recommend to you a really good advocate? His name is Jesus that you can bring and plead and come before him. Almost finished. Listen to this. I think your identity is connected to your inner convictions. Your inner convictions. How many think your passport is the worst picture in the world? How many think if that that picture got out, you'd probably be arrested? I don't really look that old, surely. And here's the thing. We often basically live our lives out that way in a sense that 
How do you, what are the real convictions you have in your life? Because if you live by convictions, that's who you really are, by the convictions. I'm talking about the power of your family. That might be a real important conviction to you. The importance of local church. The power of prayer. Living a life close to Jesus. Living for his cause. Walking his love. Those things have to be convictions in us. And we've all got all kinds of added to that, different convictions. But those things are so important because it's the convictions that we should live our lives by. There's a difference between living by conviction and living by preference. Preference means you do it when you feel like it. And if you live by just what you feel like, it's a preference and it will never really affect your identity. But when you live by your inner convictions and say, I'm convicted that God really loves me. Whether I feel like it or whether I feel like it not, it's an inner conviction. So no matter what happens in my life, I believe that God loves me. It's a conviction. This is the cause God has put me to do. And that is a conviction. I'm living by that conviction. Whether I live or whether I die, that's the conviction I live by. And it's the convictions in life that, I, that cause us to be who we are meant to be. Kings live by conviction. Paupers live by preference. That's why there's no stability in their life, because they live by preference, not by conviction. Here's the next thing. Paupers feel threatened by others. You feel threatened by gifted or even outgoing people, strong personalities. See, if we feel threatened by people, we begin to feel insecure. Why is that? Because our security is in the wrong place. Our security is not in people. Our security is in Christ. And there's the last one. When you live as a king, you take a, you take a positive view of life rather than a negative view of life. In other words, Joseph came from an incredibly dysfunctional family. But he had a dream of who he was. And because he had a dream of who he was, no matter what, what went wrong in his life, how many adverse situations he faced, he knew who he was. And that helped him overcome the adversities of life. Because when you know who you are, you have confidence in Christ to believe nothing in your life can't be turned around. No matter how hard, how difficult it is, because you know who you are in Christ, you know God's going to turn it around for your benefit and for your good. Let's just come before him right now. There's only more things I could say about that, but let's just come right now. Just begin right now. Let the Lord bring that revelation to your heart this morning of who we are in Him. Just say, Lord, today, give me a revelation of who I am. Give me just such a mighty revelation of who I am in Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The old is gone, the new has come. Father, I pray this morning in this gathering today, would you grant to us a revelation for us to see ourselves who we really are. Forgive us, Lord, if we've been having distorted views of who we really are. I pray today you bring revelation by your Holy Spirit of who we really are in Christ.
who we really are in God. Bring revelation to every heart, I pray, this morning. You know what we've got outside? If you go outside there, we've, I've printed some things out called In Christ Jesus. And I encourage you to take those sheets of paper that are on the tables out there. Take them home and begin to think on them and meditate on them. Begin to declare them over your own life this morning. It's every great thing to do. Look in the mirror and not only tell yourself how good looking you are, but tell yourself who you are in Christ. Look in that mirror and say, I'm a new creation in Christ. If God before me, who can be against me? And begin to see yourself the way God sees you. And that's going to transform the way you live your life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Elim Church. For more podcasts, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk.